September 3rd, refresh. Honoring the divine presence within, I am refreshed. It's our affirmation. Stretching and yawning after a good sleep, enjoying a brisk walk in the early morning, or sipping a replenishing drink after a workout or a time in the sun, I feel refreshed. I move forward into my next activity with a renewed feeling of well-being. Building upon and refreshing my knowledge may relieve me from thinking too much about my obligations. Spending time with a good book or visiting favorite passages from my favorite writing can give me a relaxing mental pause. I find many opportunities to refresh, to refresh my awareness that God, the divine presence, is within me wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. It takes only a moment to find God's presence reflected in the people and animals I encounter and in the natural beauty that surrounds me. And from the Bible, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. That's in Romans 15, 32. And now it's time for Surely the Presence. Please join us in singing one of the family Jesus. Surely the Presence.
back there, but it sure was a win. Morning out there in Zoom land. Hi, Fred. Hi, Steve. Hi, Hi. Sue. I'm going to go to the camera and wave at y'all now. This, this laptop I'm on doesn't have a camera, so you can't see me. All right, Steve, how you doing? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, oh, yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? North Carolina. Oh, yeah. How is it out there? Uh, sunny and nice about uh, in the 80s today, but very, very nice. That's good, good. See the pictures of the moon there before from every uh, city in the world. I saw that. <laughs> I thought it was a mistake. One of, one of the things, yeah, one of the things that people really don't know is uh, I worked on the space program for NASA. We never went to the moon. They couldn't get through the Van Allen radiation belt, so they did it all in Hollywood or out in the desert. So uh, one day we, we may figure out how to get there, but we haven't been there yet. Not not human-wise. We have. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Most people don't know that, but that's the truth. They'd have to have yeah. so much lead to protect them against the radiation that's out there that uh, they couldn't get the spacecraft to the moon. It would be too heavy. Hi, Audrey. <laughs> Hi, Audrey. Maybe someday that might come out, but uh, very interesting. Most people don't know that. Yeah, I'm going to pass that on to my dad because uh, he says we yeah, didn't yeah. go to the moon. And, and you know what? When you look at the astronauts, when they supposedly came back, Yes. They had all this sour look on their faces. They should have been happy and celebrating. None of them were. They had uh, an awful look on their face because they knew they never made it. I mean, they knew it was faking the American people about Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, interesting, huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you can't trust what the government does. I'm telling you, you've got to be really wary of them. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Hey, I was there. I, I mean, I met the guys. I talked to them. I used to meet them every week. Like I helped the design the over there. <laughs> Keep an eye on all these people. Let me know I'm standing. Let me know if they're bad. Okay? <laughs> Sorry, she's a happy on. Stay hard. You can try all you want, you'll never stop.
Okay, Zoomer's off, Tom. I've had this microphone on all day. I don't know. You've been picking me up on the recording. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, maybe do this. Johnny, she was just she was sharing with me. She sent me a text this morning. Said, Good morning on the way to refresh. <laughs> she just loved that. So, the word of the day was refresh. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. So, so, Friday, I heard Abraham say it's a cooperative incident. It's a law of attraction, cooperating, bringing everything together. And that's why it's a cold incident. So, he used to say there are no coincidences. Now, I just there are. Then, where am I supposed to stay? To Honoratia? He used to say, okay. Welcome to the Unity Center Social Circle on 800 South Pearl Street. <laughs> now it's time for our announcements. So it's another weekly email with notices and details of regular events that occurred occur for any of grandfathers teachings and for Dr. Gray's Circle Book and Film Club discussions. I'm not sure what we're doing there this month. We may just be going back over on deconstructing care again. We'll see. but. I urge all of you to come and join us at the Circle Book and Film Club. I have learned so much with the books we've read and the movies and things that we've watched. And if you'd like to make an announcement, oh, I'm a board meeting next week. Please raise your hand. Oh, hi, Bill. Hi, guys. Nice to see you. Okay, no announcements? All right, then it's time for our statement. Please join us and we'll all say it together. Give me a second to catch up with us. There you go. All right. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others. Revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. Now it's time for a song of joy. Here comes a backup vocalist. Please join us. Merker family leads us in. So glad I'm here. If you want to stand up, stand up. Thank you. 
for Halloween the other day, and it feels like we're all is pretty much here, and it's my favorite time of year, and I found these poems that kind of seem to um, kind of let go of the summer and, and ring in the autumn, so I wanted to share them. And the first one is called, I have to take my glasses off. Sweet Dejection by Lord Byron. When the last sunshine of the inspiring day and summer's twilight weeps itself away, who hath not felt the softness of the hour sink on the heart as dew along the flower? With a pure feeling which absorbs and awes while nature makes that melancholy pause. Her breathing moment on the bridge for time the light and darkness form as an arc sublime. Who hath not shared that calm so still and deep, the voiceless thought which would not speak but weep, a holy concord and a bright regret, the glorious sympathy with sounds that set? Tis not hard sorrow, but a tender woe, nameless but dear to gentle hearts below, felt without bitterness but full and clear, a sweet dejection, a transparent tear, and mixed with worldly grief or selfish stain, shed without shame, in secret without pain. And then from Anne Bradstreet, bringing in the crops. Now go the mowers to their slashing toil, the meadows of their riches to despoil. With weary strokes they take all in their way, bearing the burning heat of the long day. The forks do follow them away, which makes the aged fields look young again. The groaning carts do bear away this prize, to stacks and barns where it for fodder lies. With sickles now bending, reapers go, the rustling tress of terra down to mow, and bundles up in sheaves the weighty wheat, which after mansion waits for kings to eat. The barley rye and peach should first head place, although their bread have not so white a face. The carter leaves all home with whistling voice, he plowed with pain, but reaping doth rejoice. His careful, wakeful nights, his fruitful crop of violently requites. And then for how to stay centered no matter what. 
in prayer and release. I call for the power of elimination. I set the intention to release resistance and to surrender and seeming struggle. In this moment, I stand firm in my power and make a conscious choice to allow my environment. When I become silent and turn within, my higher self reveals the people, patterns of thought, and behaviors that are not promoting my purpose. My faith is fortified and I am easily guided to take inspired action to experience expansion and true freedom. I boldly say hello to my new harvest and farewell to what is finished. It is done. Veronica Walker Douglas. Thank you. Thank you, Mary, for those wonderful poems and that beautiful affirmation. You know, El Fall is in the air. Michael was playing our earlier, our instrumental earlier, and I kept hearing this funny noise. I couldn't figure out what it was. The heater's on. Paul <laughs> is here. Now sit back and relax. Enjoy the meditations on, and, and feel free to sing this one along if you want. It's really good. Just feel the vibration of it. Um, Thank mm -hmm. you. 
you so much. Announcement for affirmation. Ed. Mary, sorry, earlier. Let's say this together. I am of God fresh. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experienced. I am growing more prosperous every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and the perfect way. Now it's time for the Lord's prayers. The first Sunday of the month. Well, that's right, Dr. Dorian and Audrey are mixed up here. Let me pray for today, followed by the Hallelujah. And let's all say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from error. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Sunday of the month. Dr. Dari is usually with us on the first Sunday of the month, but she's traded places this month with today's speaker, licensed Unity teacher Audrey Pitchford, who will be speaking to us about the metaphysical basis for prosperity. So if you like money and you like to have it in your pocket, <laughs> listen on up. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, okay, I remember green microphone. <laughs> So now we got to get a poster of the 12 hours and put it on the wall. Is this the green one? Is this the green one? Oh, okay. Am I doing things right? Okay, somewhere between the pew and the front of the church, I lost my notes. They were on, oh, there they are, okay. I was gonna say, otherwise it'll be an interesting talk. Morning, Fred. Hey, Joyce, hey, Phil. Hey, Steve, good to see you again. I don't have my glasses on, so I'm sorry, I can't read everyone's names if I don't know your face. Glad to see you. Glad to meet you. All right. So there was a couple 
who was arguing about who was going to get out of the nice warm bed and make the coffee because it was a cold fall morning. And oh, oops, I have some slides. Let me share my slides. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so this couple was arguing because it was cold and the coffee was not yet made. And finally, the wife said to the husband, you need to make the coffee because it's in the Bible. The Bible says so. And the husband says, uh, no, it does not. Show me. And the wife opened her Bible to the chapter and said, look it. It says Hebrews. So today's talk is on the metaphysical basis for prosperity, like uh, like uh, Johnny mentioned for us. And this is all part of this book that we've been studying, The Heart-Centered Metaphysics by Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. And this book um, explores um, what's beyond the physical. So metaphysics is just literally a word beyond the physical. And in unity, it's also a word uh, for exploring theology, those big questions about what is God, what is humanity, and what is our relationship with each other. And we do this all from a heart-centered perspective. So we bring our courage, our self-compassion, our compassion for others, our love, our oneness. This is more than just a mental exercise. All right. So with that said, I know uh, Johnny shared a little bit earlier about having money in his pocket, so he already started us off. So what does the word prosperity mean to you? And I'm going to put my glasses on in case anyone from Zoom wants to put stuff in the chat. What does prosperity mean to you? Yeah, Jennifer. A full life. Thank you. Love it. Other thoughts? Prosperity. I saw Rosie wagging her tail back there a minute ago. I bet she was feeling prosperous when she was wagging her tail. <laughs> Rich in friends. Rich in friends. Thank you, Penny. Prosperity. Enough of everything. Friends, money, friends, health. Friends, money, joy, health. Yep. I love it. Thank you, Joanne. Any other thoughts? Just checking to see if anyone has anything in Zoom, the Zoomiverse. All right. So our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, in his book, The Revealing Word, he also provided a definition of prosperity. And remember that Charles provided metaphysical definitions. And these were um, his ideas, but he also said, hey, if you have your own metaphysical definition, that's totally okay too. So here's what Charles said. He said, prosperity is based on the conscious possession of the idea of God's abundance back of all things. Based on the conscious possession of the idea of God's abundance back of all things. And I really like this definition. I like the three parts that it has. First, the conscious possession. So prosperity is about what I have in my mindset. It's not necessarily about what's around me. And certainly, I'm guessing we've all known people who from the outside look very wealthy, but 
don't necessarily feel that way on the inside. Maybe they feel a sense of lack. We may have also seen people who to us, our lives, their lives might have looked very poor or very lacking, who seem very at peace with what they have. And so we know that it's about consciousness. Prosperity also is um, based on this idea of God's abundance. So we know that God is our source. And in unity, we don't talk about God as a big guy up in the sky, but that presence and that power that's in every person, every being, not just people at Unity Churches, but people everywhere all around the planet. And so recognizing that God is behind and through and in everything. And this has helped me at times when I've been maybe in uh, day jobs that I haven't necessarily liked. And I remember God is my employer. My, my source of financial good is not just coming from this, from this job. God is my employer or God is my bank. My financial good isn't just coming through one source that God is my source. And last, uh, God's abundance back of all things. So God in everything, in every situation, in every experience, and, um, and the way that this can really allow us to have a very broad view of prosperity. I love too that the joke uh, today, and I'll tell you more about the joke in a bit, but the joke uh, has coffee involved because I don't know about you, but I feel very prosperous in the morning. If I have a cup of coffee that I did not have to make myself, and that helps me get moving and moving forward into my day. All right, so Joanne mentioned this a little bit earlier that prosperity can encompass a lot of things, a sense of health and well-being, our relationships. I have felt very prosperous this summer to have a lot of connections with my family and friends, a vocation, something that we love to do, that we love committing our time for, and time and money freedom time and money freedom and this is actually where we're going to focus today so we know that prosperity is greater than the idea of money and that prosperity and um i was attending a prosperity class a while back and the minister made an announcement about oh this is so great this class is going to talk about the new parts of prosperity thinking about it in terms of you know, well-being and friendships. And one person in the class got really angry and said, I didn't come here to talk about that. I came here to talk about money. So, uh, so we're going to talk about money. Uh, and I also want to acknowledge talking about money is not easy. We have some funky cultural beliefs about money. And so uh, sometimes these conversations about money to me feel a little awkward. If they feel a little awkward to you, or if you're kind of like, what's, what's already, where's Audrey going with this? Uh, you're in good company. We can all feel awkward together. So speaking of starting out in an awkward way, like I said, we have some messages in our culture about money. Some money messages that we have probably all heard. And I invite us now to share some of those money messages. And I'll start it out. How many people have heard money does not grow on trees? <laughs> oh, yeah. I see just about everybody there. Okay. Yeah, that's a big one. What other money messages have you heard? It's the root of all evil. It's the root of all evil. Thank you. I appreciate you coming up with that one, Tony. I knew someone needed to. Yeah. What is needed will be provided. Oh, what is needed will be provided. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Terry. That's a little more unity message. When it's needed, it'll be provided. 
Anything else? Any other messages? Can't get blood from a rock. <laughs> Can't get blood from a rock, says Tom. Okay, yeah, so squeezing that rock. Yep. Something more positive. How about a penny saved is a penny earned? A penny <laughs> saved is a penny earned. Okay, I have to give that one some thought. I, I want to allow uh, space to, if folks on Zoom have something to add, I don't know what the best way to invite them to do that, if that's through chat or, um, or I, I'm, if I dare to push buttons. Tom says chat. Tom yeah. says don't push a button for goodness sake. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nothing. All right. I will list a couple other ones that I heard when I was growing up. It takes money to make money. You can't be too rich or too thin. Anyone else heard that one? I think that was a television commercial. Oh, here's one. And I've I've talked to a lot of women who've had this experience. Don't touch that, it's dirty. Money's dirty. Um, and certainly that money is not a topic of polite conversation, that uh, it's not okay to ask about people's salary or how much things cost. So we did hear a couple of nice unity messages in here, but I want to point out that some of these messages, money doesn't grow on trees, it takes money to make money and you can't be too rich and too thin, to me, those sound like messages of lack. And some of the other ones, it's dirty, it's the root of all evil, and it's not a polite topic of conversation. Those to me sound like messages of shame. Like it's not okay to talk about, it's not okay to think about. And um, so if, if you have any of these messages in your consciousness, that's okay. Uh, I certainly have some in mind. And um, part of why I'm asking about this is just to surface those messages and to prompt us all to think, well, what is in my head when it comes to money? Because those are very different than the idea of thinking about Charles Fillmore's definition of prosperity, about God being our source, God being in everything, our inexhaustible, unlimited source of, of all blessings. And so, um, so I always, I always think that's kind of interesting to explore. Well, what, what is in my head when it comes to money? What, what other funky stuff might I find in there? The best way I have come to understand money is as a symbol. And uh, we are all uh, versed in metaphysics, which involves looking at symbols of stuff. So looking at money as a symbol is probably not too much of a stretch here. And there's uh, anthropological evidence that money started out as a symbol to help exchanges happen more easily. So if you have an apple tree and I do some work for you and I want some of your apples, but it's not apple season and the apples aren't ripe, you might give me something like a bunch of shells that I can bring back when, when the apples are ripe and I can give these to you and I can get my apples. So the shells or the money or the symbol in and of itself doesn't necessarily have any value. It's what it represents, our ability to exchange, our ability, our ability to trade, our ability to give and take. And I think this is so important. Um, thinking of money as a symbol, I see it now as representing energy. What I put out in the world, what I receive back in the world. And I wanted to share a story of how I came to see money as a symbol in, in my life. And it has to do with another word that's a little awkward to talk about, tithing. 
Um, so in traditional Christianity, and I have family members who are in a very traditional religions, tithing is a requirement. It, it's, they have to pay to play or pay to belong to certain churches. And that has always uh, rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. And um, when I started coming to Unity Churches, one of the very first classes I took was on prosperity. And I was a little shocked that they talked about tithing because I knew Unity did not take the Bible literally. Um, and a part of me thought, oh, great, that's super convenient. The one place we're going to take the Bible literally has to do with tithing. Um, and that's part of why I picked that joke this morning, because again, we don't take the Bible literally in unity. But I did learn that there are actually many different um, biblical scholar interpretations of what tithing actually is. And so when I was doing some research, I found probably about seven of them, which was, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so in unity, sometimes there's this message about tithing is giving 10% to where you feel spiritually fed. But there's also sometimes this undercurrent of, well, we hope it's, we hope it's to the unity church, or we hope it's to unity worldwide ministries. So, so, um, so to me, that's always, um, that's always been something that I've pondered. Like, is it where I'm spiritually fed or is it a should? And also there's some prosperity teachers who talk about the way to receive abundance is to give first. So um, tithing is priming the pump so that the universe can give back to you. So like the quid pro quo of unity, I give to get something back, which to me has also just been a little bit of a head scratcher and not, not always resonated. Some scholars say tithing always means 10%, always. Some scholars say it means giving, but there's not a fixed percentage. And in the Hebrew Bible, there's been people who have done studies to see what did, what did tithing mean to the Hebrew people back uh, in the stories of the Old Testament. And at that time, um, for the Hebrew people, their religion and their government were the same, and tithing was their method of supporting both. And some estimates count what they gave as 23%, so significantly more than 10. I know some people are going, oh my goodness. Um, some thinkers interpret tithing as you give your first 10%, and some interpret it as you give the last tenth. So if I have, back to apples, if I have apples, the first nine are mine, the tenth one is God's, even if it's bruised. No. <laughs> Johnny's there laughing at me. All right. Finally, there's some, think, there's some thinking that tithing actually doesn't apply to Christians because, um, because it wasn't mentioned in the New Testament or the Christian Bible, and it was only mentioned in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. And so that Christians should give, but they shouldn't be bound by tithing. So lots of lots of shoulds, lots of ideas, not necessarily agreement. Um, and I said earlier that I see money more as energy, and I wanted to share how I came to this um, idea. So I was in a, a class, and part of the practice they asked us to do was tithing 10%. And I was a little freaked out about why am I in this class? Why am I giving this money away? But I, but I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm up for an experiment. It's a limited period of time. It was like six or 10 weeks. I thought, okay, I probably won't die. 
Um, that's usually my standard. And, uh, and how about I give this a try? And one of the things that the person teaching the class said is she said, when you start uh, giving 10%, you immediately start noticing what she called money leaks. Other places where you're maybe spending money unintentionally and, um, and um, that you might tighten up. So at the time, so I started this class, I started giving 10%. And at the time I was in a job where I wasn't super happy. And conveniently for me, it happened to be within walking distance of Starbucks. <laughs> and all of a sudden I noticed I was going to Starbucks twice a day. Um, I was spending more than $10 a day at Starbucks and I had this aha moment where I realized, oh, I am tithing to Starbucks. I did not know I was tithing to Starbucks, but there it is. Now, not saying that that's bad or wrong, but my big aha moment was I can give money as a way of supporting something that I want to continue, something that I want to last beyond me. Is that Starbucks? Maybe, <laughs> or maybe it's something else, right? And so, um, so for me now, while there's kind of, you know, like I said, a bunch of swirl and a bunch of ideas about what tithing means, for me, that's what resonated the most, that I want certain things to continue. I want certain family members to prosper. I want certain things to do well in this world. And that's where I channel my energy and my resources. And this is a way of consciously co-creating. So we know that the most high is in everyone, in everything, including in us, including in our dollars. And this is a way that we can participate with that divine energy through how we choose to give and what we choose to give to. And for me, this is what makes me feel very prosperous to remember I have that choice of how am I going to spend my time on this earth? How am I going to spend my dollars that I earn? What am I going to support? Even if, even if what I give to an organization is a dollar, I'm making a difference because I'm choosing to give what I have to an organization that I want to continue. All right. There are many strategies for demonstrating prosperity. And remember, we've talked about the word demonstrating, not as like proving to someone else over here um, anything, but demonstrating as a way of changing our own consciousness about prosperity. And so what are some strategies that you like that help you with feeling prosperous? Charles and I have some ideas, but I like hearing yours too. <laughs> Donating to causes that that I'm um, in alignment with. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Tom says donating to causes I'm in alignment with. That makes me feel very prosperous too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Giving to someone who's in more need. Yeah, yeah. Recognizing I have enough to share. Okay, thank you. Oh, to, okay, to give and not to receive. So maybe giving without expectation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, recognizing, okay, I might not see the fruit of, you know, this money that I put toward family members, education. They might not say thank you. I'm giving because it's important to me. Yeah, Jennifer. Sometimes giving of yourself means a lot more than giving of financial 
Absolutely. Giving your time. There are some thinkers who say our time is our most precious resource that we have, that you can't, uh, you can't get it back once it's gone. There's actually um, some folks also in, um, in the thinking around tithing who talk about tithing as also giving four hours of your time every week. Yeah. Okay. So where do we give our time? What, what kind of work do we do? What kind of volunteering do we do? How do we spend our time outside of work with who do we spend it with? Yeah. Great. Great. Other thoughts on what makes us feel prosperous? Focusing on the things that I do have instead of focusing on ah. Yes, yes. Okay, so Johnny said, focusing on the things that I do have, not the things that I don't have. And this is a great strategy for feeling prosperous, where we focus our awareness. In the book of, uh, in the second book of Kings, chapter four, there's a great story about the prophet Elisha, and a widow approaches him, and she has two children. And she says, my husband is dead. My creditors are coming after me. Um, they're going to force me to sell my children into slavery. And Alicia asks her, what do you have? And she says, I only have a jar of oil. And he says, okay, take your children, go into your house, ask your neighbors to let you borrow vessels and start filling up the vessels with oil. And she does this. And she fills up all these vessels until there's no more vessels to fill up with oil. And then Alicia says, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and live off the rest with your family. And I love that story. What do we have? And initially this woman said, I only have this jar of oil. And by the way, I'm, I'm personally trying to get rid of the word only from my vocabulary. Anytime I'm like, well, I only have $3. I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of lack consciousness going through my head right there. But this woman had more. She had her children. She had her neighbors in her community who were willing to, to give her these vessels that she could fill. She had support from her community. She had resources and she had the wherewithal to ask for help. She asked the prophet Alicia for help. And so, um, so through this experience, she got to see that through what she had, she was very abundant. Yeah. So, so thank you, Johnny, for um, mentioning that about noticing what we have. Some other great strategies that our Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore mentions in the revealing word of ways to increase prosperity consciousness. One way is gratitude. Looking around with appreciation. I'm so glad my car works and it got me here to Centralia this morning. I'm so glad I have the health to be vertical. I'm so glad that my computer works. Uh, appreciating our good. Praising our money and our increase. And so again, like I said, uh, trying to eliminate that word only and trying to focus on, wow, look, I just found $3 in my purse. Awesome. Who knew that was there? We talked about already giving from that place of awareness that we're co-creating, that we have the choice to decide whether to direct our time and energy, as opposed to giving from a place of should. And I don't, I don't know about any other rest of you. I've, I've given from a place of should before. I've, I still feel angry when I think about it. It's not a fun, not a fun place. And it certainly didn't make me feel prosperous. And so, so now trying to focus on giving 
um, consciously aware that I'm co-creating my good. One other idea for prosperity is um, has to do with, again, money as circulating energy, and it's allowing ourselves to receive. So I already mentioned earlier that the um, giving something to get something back isn't, um, isn't an idea that resonates with me. And there's a way to that we allow others to be generous and prosperous when we allow others to give. When we say yes, if someone offers us something. And I have a dear friend who taught me about a practice of whenever some, somebody offers her something, she says yes. She might not keep it. She might not want it. She can pass it along to someone else, but it's her way of allowing others to give. And my friend told me that she um, was at the grocery store one time and there was a woman outside who appeared to um, be living without a home. And this woman asked her for food. And so my friend decided to go in the grocery store and as she got her groceries, bought a sandwich for this woman. Came outside, gave her the sandwich and was about to walk away. And the woman said, oh, I have something for you too. And the woman gave my friend a crown that had been woven out of ivy, that this woman had woven out of ivy. And my friend did not need this crown, but she took it. She said, thank you. And in this way, she allowed this woman who from the outside may have looked like she didn't have anything. She allowed this woman to have that experience of giving. So they both got to give and they both got to receive. And I love that story. I think it's such a beautiful demonstration of prosperity. We read a lot from the Daily Word. And I don't know if anyone else ever notices this, but in the very beginning, and I have the large print here, I noticed, uh, I noticed there was a little teeny tiny one up here in the front this morning. I'm like, oh, I need the big one. Um, but in the very front, there's affirmations for each month. And there's an affirmation for September for prosperity. And it says, I am rich in divine ideas, wealthy in abundance. I am rich in divine ideas, wealthy in divine abundance. And I love that idea too, because that reinforces, again, that prosperity is not about the stuff. It's not about what we have laying around or how much is in our bank account or how much we're earning in our salary. It's about our mindset. It's about how we see the world. And our divine ideas are the ones that can enrich us the most. Our ability to be open to opportunity and possibility and see good, maybe even where other people can't see it, and allow that good to come into our lives by saying yes. So we're going to move into a time of meditation, and we're going to focus on some of these ideas about noticing what we have, blessing and praising what we have, thinking about where we channel our energy and this affirmation together. So I invite us all to settle into our chairs. If it's comfortable, you can close your eyes and feel yourself breathing in and out gently, normally, naturally. And as we do so, I invite us to each take a few moments and reflect on what you have in your life, your relationships, your finances, 
your home, your possessions, your vehicle, your community, your physical and mental self. Just notice, notice what you have. And if any feelings come up that may feel uncomfortable, like feeling sad or angry or a sense of scarcity or a longing for more, I invite you to just notice those without judgment. It's all welcome. We notice what we have. And if you have feelings that maybe you wish you didn't feel, you can always say, I notice I have feelings of sadness in me. I notice I have feelings of wanting more in me, and that's okay. We welcome the whole picture. And now we consciously bless and praise and appreciate what we have. I am so grateful for my physical and mental being. I am so grateful for my relationships, my home, my vehicle, my community. I am so grateful for all the good, all the blessings richly filling my life. And now we think about where we spend our money, what we spend it on, whether we're buying things for children or family members, things to attend to our home, food to fill the refrigerator, gasoline for the car, maybe fancy espresso drink once in a while at Starbucks. Where are we spending our money? What are we putting it towards? We see that this money is energy. We channel it consciously. We discern with love. Where do we want to channel this energy? What do we want it to go for? Are there organizations that we want to support? When we have choices of buying food, how do we make that choice? Maybe we know someone locally who participates in a farmer's market. Maybe we support them. Maybe we support organizations that have sustainability practices. We see that we consciously 
channel our energy toward that which we wish to continue. And we know that we can always come back to these practices, noticing all we have, noticing our feelings, blessing it all, consciously choosing. And to close out our meditation, I invite us to affirm this affirmation together. I'll say it one time, and then I invite you to join in if you feel so moved. I am rich in divine ideas, wealthy in divine abundance. And let's affirm that together. I am rich in divine ideas, wealthy in divine abundance. And we know this is so. Amen. Thank you, Audrey. <laughs> well, I think this is big enough. <laughs> so I was born into poverty, grew up very poor, and uh, didn't realize my abundance until I was in probably in my 50s and became an Abraham student and really really changed my life. I have to, thank you, Tom. I have to send my tithing and my check to Unity because I can't carry cash in my pocket. Every time I have cash in my pocket, I feel so abundant that I give it away. The first person I see, but uh, it doesn't matter if they need it or anything. I, I, don't, I don't give for that reason. I give because when you give things away, it makes you feel abundant. You're just expressing your abundance to the universe. So let's do that now. It's time for our offering. While we are together in spirit, physically and virtually, we want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia 98531. You can also donate online by clicking on the donation page on our website, unityofcentralia.net. Thank you, Tom. As we hold our offering in our hands and hearts, let's say our offering prayer together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I have. time for a blessing of thanks. Let's all say our blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. Yes, so it is. Now it's time for a healing prayer. 
Members of our community have requested we send out healing prayers and energy to the people of our communities who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. And I'm sure you've all heard the noises outside today. We have a person who, who is, is living without a home and has been in that situation for many, many years. And she lives on our neighbor's porch. And she also has mental health issues. So I, I would like to ask everyone today to pray for Gina next door, because she's having, she's having a rough moment. And last summer, when I was working on the roof, Gina came over and offered to donate $1,200 to our church to help pay for the work I was doing that day. I'm like, but, but Gina, you, you don't have a home or anything. She's like, I know, but I got pandemic money. Hang on, that Gina, Gina, you might need it, so please keep her in mind. And I would like to send out our collective healing energy to, well, the whole world out there right now. I think there's a, a lot of places out there where people use our positive prayers. If you'd like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, shout out their name, speak it quietly, focus upon them in your imagination. If you're on Zoom, raise your hand. We'll turn you on if you want to give a shout out. for John Clark. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. Now it's time for a prayer of protection. Let's all say our prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Now I'd like to take a moment to thank all of you who made our Sunday service possible. We appreciate all the ways you give of your time, talent, and treasure. If you're interested in serving, um, please contact Susan. Susan arranges all of the things for readers, and uh, maybe you want me to uh, or do a slideshow. Please join us next Sunday when Dr. Daria Funches will be our speaker. And please stay with us after service if you want to share in fellowship time. Now it's time for the peace song. Let's form a circle and join hands. Sing our song of peace.
Lord.